0: When we have a reading uh, gospel passage such as today, the temptation might be, yes, I've heard it, and we just kind of shut off our minds, and we forget that uh, the scriptures are inexhaustible in their meaning, and we can uh, meditate perhaps even on one verse, if it's the right verse, uh, for the rest of our lives. Or What does this verse mean for me and never quite plummet the fullness of its depths? And so I challenge us this day to hear these Beatitudes with new ears and to perhaps invite the Holy Spirit to speak to us a way that we could live at least one of these Beatitudes a little bit more fully, especially in this next week. I think that's the invitation that the the Lord has for us with every, uh, every Sunday Mass, that we ponder something for the rest of the week. And these Beatitudes are very much worth pondering. At first, I need to start with the, the word beatitude itself. It's, that word is, uh, and here it's translated as blessed. Sometimes you might see it happy, uh, especially in some older translations of the, the Bible. Uh, beatitude or blessed or, or whatever, this is a common form. I forget how many times it appears in the Old Testament, and it appears, besides these eight, it appears a number of times. In the New Testament, blessed is the breast that fed you, uh, somebody screams to Jesus. Or we hear another beatitude later in this Mass, blessed are those called to the Supper of the Lamb. That blessedness, another uh, more pagan understanding or translation of that is fortunate. Fortunate. Now, if you use that word, all of a sudden you realize there's something happening with these beatitudes. Fortunate are the poor in spirit. Wait a minute. Really? According to the world, to be poor in spirit? That's not fortunate. Fortunate those who mourn. Many of us have experienced loss in these last years. Do we really consider that fortunate, to lose a mother or father, grandfather, grandmother, brother, sister, child, friend? that's fortunate to mourn or blessed are the meek first we need to note that this word meek doesn't mean what the world so often tells us meekness means to be quiet and to be weak and to be humble as meek as a church mouse we don't have church mice but we do have church bats That's not what this word meek means, but rather it's still something that the world does not fully embrace and fully understand. To be meek is to be docile, to allow somebody else to direct us in the right path. We're open to the Holy Spirit directing us. That's what meekness is. In fact, a good war horse, you know how brave they need to be to stand in the midst of battle without bucking the rider off, to allow cannonballs and missile strikes and guns and and drums and all this noise, all this death around them, to allow that rider to sit peacefully. The war horse is meek. It allows the rider to guide it and trust the rider is not going to ride it into danger. That's meekness. But that's fortunate. According to the world? Doesn't the world say fortune favors the brave, the bold? No. Not according to these Beatitudes. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Have you ever been so zealous for righteousness, for the right thing to happen, that you felt it? I remember one time where I wanted it so bad I could feel it in my toes. It hurt. And the world says, that is unfortunate. To, to want and desire it and to know it's just out of reach? To, to be so thirsty for it? Fortunate? Or blessed are the merciful? I've discovered that so often, the merciful are the ones who are so seldom shown mercy. Blessed are the merciful? Fortunate are the merciful? No, the world tells us, no, stomp on whoever you want. Don't, don't be merciful. Be ruthless. Blessed are the clean of heart. Well, maybe the world might understand that one, but the world doesn't seek this purity, this cleanness of heart. So often the world tells us it's okay to have your heart polluted by sin and corruption, to, to be swayed by the temptations of this world. Fortunate are the peacemakers. We live in a world that is so easy to go to war, isn't it? Now, I'm not even talking about the war in Ukraine or the, so often the, the, the bloody conflicts that we see springing up. The war is within our hearts. When somebody says a crass word to us and we, we just want to retaliate. But blessed are the peacemakers, those who seek forgiveness, those who seek to bring peace. Not just an absence of war, but true peace. The world would say, that's not fortunate. Blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness. Wait a minute here. Jesus, what are you telling us? That it's good to be persecuted? And he would tell us yes. So often when we look at these Beatitudes, we forget their radical nature. That Jesus is calling us beyond something that this world can understand. And don't we hear that in today's second reading? Consider your own calling, St. Paul tells us. I have to admit, as I read this passage uh, this week, time and again, I couldn't help but think, St. Paul could be writing to us. Not many of us are, are wise by human standards. Not many of us are powerful or of noble birth. Not many of us are... Great politicians who are able to sway with the swing of a pen. Governments. Some of us are foolish. I do have to note, I, I need to correct myself. I, I know some of us are, are uh, not so wise, but I, I know you farmers are always, always standing near your fields. I had to do that. But on worldly standards, we're not, we're nothing. But St. Paul tells the Corinthians and he would tell us that God uses us who are nothing to bring to nothing those who think they're something. That God gives us this beatitude to remind us it's not about what we have or who we are or what we, what we do, but rather what he does. It's the state that he chooses to put us in. And maybe you've had that experience of being with somebody who is truly Poor the missions in San Lucas, Toliman, or some of the other mission trips that that's, are so often part of our lives. We see somebody who is truly poor, and yet, in, in the traditional sense of the word, happy, happy. Why? Because they know they don't have anything? No. But they know what they do have. They have a relationship with God, and when we have nothing, that relationship with God becomes everything. And so often when we, have, when we have something, when we have everything, as we tend to in this part of the world, we tend to forget God. Pope Benedict telling us we have a certain unforge- forgetfulness of God. And I believe that's so true. The Beatitudes tell us, yes, we need to re- rely on God. God is the one who gives us happiness. God is the one who makes us happy. And fortunate are those whom God takes care of. We are the fortunate ones. We are the happy ones. We are the blessed ones. We are the ones who experience beatitude. This is radical good news because it reminds us it's not about, again, who we are, what we do, but rather about the relationship we are to have with God, who is our creator and redeemer, who loves us. This week, as already said, we celebrate Catholic Schools Week, and uh, every year and, and frequently throughout the year, actually, on Catholic Schools Week and, and various other times, I really ask myself, what's the difference of our Catholic school? Well, why, why Catholic schools at all? After all, our students here at St. Edward's are getting just as good of education as they are in our public schools. Our public schools are excellent. Most of them are. So what's the difference? And the difference this weekend, as, as I'm discerning, comes down to the Beatitudes. It comes down to understanding that we need to rely on God, and we teach our students to rely on God. That's the essential difference. As, as I already said, we teach the same lessons, the same topics that they get anywhere else at any public school. Uh, so often we're accused as Catholics as being anti-science well you can talk to our science teachers or any of our teachers for that matter they're not anti-science and in fact I dare say and it's a thesis that someday I'd like to sit down and, and be able to, to uh, write a little bit more on uh, from, a, from a religious standpoint and not the scientific because I don't have that scientific background but it is Catholics Christians who first helped helped us to develop the scientific method itself. Because we understand as Catholics that God is good and God has in his goodness wants to make all things noble to us. Not necessarily Him who is mystery, but the world itself that He wants us to know it, to understand it. And so He's made the world noble, and that's what the scientific method seeks to do, to make the world known. To to present hypotheses and to then seek the proof to reform those hypotheses and correct them if needed. But so often we, we forget that the, the founders of some of the major areas in science were Catholics or Christians inspired by their, by their faith. The one who first presented the Big Bang Theory, for example, was a Catholic priest. Einstein. A Jewish man, inspired by his faith, could not understand how God was so often taken out of the equation. God is not necessarily in the equation of E equals MC squared, of course, but God is part of this world who, as creator, who stands apart from it, but still is part of this world. Or George Mendel, founder of Genetics, Catholic, a Catholic priest, Copernicus, a Polish priest. So often, so often we forget that it's faith that inspires science. And our our students are learning science just as much as they are learning faith. But it's faith that defines us as a school. It's the virtues that we are learning that we, uh, teachers, staff, faculty, students, are learning That makes us different. And I would dare say, I'll probably get in trouble for this, but I I still say, that's the difference that makes all the difference in the world and makes our school special. As we come this day, we ask the Lord to help us to understand that we are all called to this beatitude that we hear, this blessedness, this fortune, that is not as the world defines it, but rather as He, as our Creator, as our Father defines it that we would understand this day how we are called perhaps to be a little bit more poor in spirit or meek, humble of heart, pure of heart, merciful, how in the sake of being persecuted that we can see God at work and to know that he is making all things for his will, that we be open to his will and experience the blessedness that comes from Him.